A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Tyler Riberio is a dairy farmer in Tulare County, California. He is no stranger to water woes, but usually it's a lack of water that keeps him up at night. However, over the last two weeks, that has changed as his area has been inundated with floodwaters. Tyler, first, tell me where you are in California and what you do out there. I am a dairyman here in Tulare, California. We are right smack dab in the central of the San Joaquin Valley. Uh, We've been dairying here for about 100 years now, but great for my age. My great-grandfather started here, and uh, I'm the fourth generation. So I didn't get to make it through the entire 100 years, but uh, we're taking what the legacy has left us, and uh, we're propelling it forwards. Tyler, you mentioned you're in a valley, and right now that's a problem. Tell me what's going on out there. The valley is a beautiful place, and it can be. Uh, but right now, we seem to have a whole bunch of water. We were in a drought two weeks ago, and we had an amazing amount of snowpack in the mountains, which we thought set us up for a fantastic year. However, we've got this crazy warm weather that came in all at once and melted a a lot of that snowpack, which forced it down into the lakes, which forced it down the rivers and into us as a community. Tell me, how much water are we talking? How far above flood stage are you? Let's put it this way. Um, Our river can hold about 5,400 CFS, and that is absolutely pushing it. We were at about 10,000 CFS. So it was going to crest somewhere. We just happened to have banks that broke out and it didn't go over. It went through is is what happened in some areas. There's some areas where it went over. The area next to us, it broke the riverbank and it really, really emptied out there. You've shared some of that footage on social media and I'll go ahead and embed those posts into the online story so people can see just what kind of devastation there is out there right now. So your farm is okay, but neighbors are not. So uh, let let me give you a picture of what some of the people are seeing out here or dealing with. Neighbor next to us, he got the brunt of it. It broke right above his place. And we were watching it all night. And then out of nowhere, it rose by feet in a matter of minutes. We had animals that were up to their bellies in water. We had houses that had water in it. Uh, by the next day, there there was even more feet of water. It was We were wading in water trying to get heifers out of pens. But it didn't stop there, right? It blew through the place and went down and eroded roads, destroyed riverbeds. And it, it we tried to control what we could, but... You can only do so much. I've never seen that much water in my life. And to watch it blow through what was a quarter acre field, probably in length, in a matter of maybe less than an hour, and make its way to the next farm. And from there, it just kept going. Uh, We had highways that were shut down, so they were directing the freeway off of the freeway to avoid the flood, flood waters that were crossing the freeway. And they were shooting it all off into the rural areas. And these poor people were lost trying to get 
out, trying to get around. There wasn't enough uh, people directing traffic. We had people out here circling for an hour trying to get around the floodwaters. And that was just in my two, three miles worth of, of floodwaters. This water broke above us. This water broke below us. The people that are in, say, the Corcoran area, Allensworth, Alpal, uh, that's west of us. That They were underwater also. Um, people were breaking levees just to relieve pressure, but when you break a levee, with every action, there's a reaction. So somebody else was getting flooded. It was just a matter of where can we put this water that's going to do the least amount of damage? How fast can we get this water to drain? How do we minimize risk to life, to property, and how do we do it as fast as possible? Tell me about the right now. What are you seeing? Right now, what we are seeing is at least in the lake that feeds the rivers that we are next to, we have room in the lake. We were able to drop the levels to hopefully be able to give us a steady, although very rapid pace of water down our river. It should be draining the lake in enough time to make room for the the next snow melt that's coming in. As of right now, that's what we're hearing, at least for the Thule rivers. Kauia, which is farther north of us, that lake, what I'm hearing is running into some issues with their gates. They're worried that if they open them up too far, they will not be able to close them again. There's some issue with that mechanism. So they really have to play with it and balance what they're able to do because they're running into some um, some difficulty with, with their equipment. So they could face some issues here with this next rain. Right now, uh, Cal Fire is doing a fantastic job with sandbags, with the giant sandbags, flying them in and plugging these massive leaks that were these breaks in these river banks. And they're, they're being successful between the sandbags and the dozers with the concrete and the dirt. We're able to fill in a lot of that. I don't know if you've seen the video, but there are vehicles being pushed into some of these, these cracks in the, in the rivers. And they're throwing dirt on top of that. And it's actually working. I've seen multiple vehicles um, that are now permanent structures, I believe, in the banks that stop the water from coming out. So everybody's using what they've got when they've got it. And to see the community come around and help everyone that's in need has been amazing. To be out here and see every dozer, every loader, every backhoe that anybody could ever have out here on these riverbanks helping each other has been amazing. To hear the thunder of the cattle trucks coming from miles around to evacuate cows that are underwater has been amazing to hear because it just it speaks volumes to how important a good community is, how important it is to take care of those around you. And when someone tells you, hey, whatever you need, just give me a call, right here, right now, you're seeing that. It's whatever you need, we're there. That is truly the best part of agriculture. It really is. I mean, I've met more people from all over our community in a matter of a few days. Uh, there are dairymen here that have cows in their other dairies of people that they just met. Uh, they didn't even see them in person before their cows went to their place. Uh, there's a dairy that got remodeled overnight to fit Holstein cows where jerseys were before. That, that wasn't something that he's going to be able to recoup. That's out of the goodness of everybody's heart. Uh, the time spent out here, it's, it's, 
it's amazing. I, I, I don't even know how else to explain it. To see a community come together in such a way and be able to pull this off on their own to minimize this risk and this damage and take care of their own. We didn't have a bunch of government agencies coming out to help us. We did what we did because we're farmers and we freaking rocked it. So once the water's gone, there's still going to be after effects. We're going to see cows with lower production because of stress from being moved, probably an uptick in mastitis from the extra water. Are you seeing anything kind of coming around talking about that piece yet? I think that's going to be the least of our worries coming to the future. And I say that because unless you're out here seeing it, you know, you can imagine that, you know, that milk production from moving animals would be, you know, something to be worried about. And it is to a point. But what we're seeing right now is two weeks ago, we were in a drought. We were living in drought conditions. We planned for drought conditions. We planted crops because of the drought conditions. We planted crops based on the amount of water availability that we had. There was a lot of fallow land, land out there. Price of feed was through the roof this past year because of availability, because there was no water. Now we have this winter crop that's underwater that we may not be able to get to. This wheat's going to burn up in this field quite potentially and ruin acres upon acres of forage that was going to go to cattle. That's not going to help the price of feed. It's going to make it go up. And if we can't get that wheat crop out, we don't know when we're going to be able to get that corn crop in. If we're already late getting the wheat out, that corn's going to go in even later, and we don't know if we're going to get a corn crop. And I say we as a community, right? So that by itself, if that puts pressure on feed prices. Out here in California already, we're looking at $470 alfalfa. We were seeing $100 corn silage, $110 corn silage. The margins are shrinking so much that I worry that there's going to be facilities that are just not going to be able to swing that kind of devastation without some serious governmental support. There's going to be one of the only ways if this goes this direction that a lot of people are going to be able to survive. And on top of that, the people that did get these floodwaters, we don't know what this topsoil looks like. We don't know how much sand's on top. We don't know what it brought from upstream, downstream. We have no idea what these crops are going to be like here uh, this next year if we even get it in the ground. And then the worry is that as soon as the, the waters come and as fast as they leave, Next year, we're going to be in a drought again because our infrastructure is not there to hold the water that was given to us. That was California dairy farmer Tyler Ribeiro telling us more about the extreme weather they are dealing with out there in Central California. If you want to see some of the footage Tyler shared with us, visit our website, MidwestFarmReport.com. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess.